Today in Security from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today in security from Wired. Why the Belarus Railways hack marks a first for ransomware. The politically motivated attack represents a new frontier for hacktivists and won't be the last of its kind, by Andy Greenberg. For years, idealistic hacktivists have disrupted corporate and government IT systems in acts of protest. Cyber criminal gangs, meanwhile, have increasingly held hostage the same sort of enterprise networks with ransomware, encrypting their data and extorting them for profit. Now, in the geopolitically charged case of a hacktivist attack on the Belarusian railway, those two veins of coercive hacking appear to be merging. A group of Belarusian politically motivated hackers known as the Belarusian Cyber Partisans announced on Twitter and Telegram that they had breached the computer systems of Belarusian railways, the country's national train system, as part of a hacktivist effort the attackers call scorching heat. The hackers have since posted screenshots that appeared to show their access to the railway's back-end system and claimed to have encrypted its network with malware, for which they would only provide decryption keys if the Belarus government met a list of demands. They've called for the release of 50 political prisoners detained in the midst of the country's protests against dictator Alexander Lukashenko, as well as a commitment from Belarusian railways to not transport Russian troops as the Kremlin prepares for a possible invasion of Ukraine on multiple fronts. The hackers appear to have successfully made at least some of Belarusian railways' databases inaccessible on Monday. According to Franak Vyotorka, a technical advisor to Belarusian opposition leader Svetlana Tsikhanouskaya, Vyotorka says he confirmed the database outages with Belarusian railway workers. The railway's online ticketing system was also taken down, and the next day it displayed a message that work is underway to restore the performance of the system, but remained offline. At the command of the terrorist Lukashenko, hashtag Belarusian Railway allows the occupying troops to enter our land. We encrypted some of BR's servers, databases, and workstations to disrupt its operations, the cyber-partisan hackers wrote on Twitter noting that the hackers were careful not to affect automation and security systems that could cause dangerous railway conditions. Cybersecurity researchers have yet to independently confirm what sort of ransomware was used to encrypt Belarusian railways' systems, but a spokesperson for cyberpartisans, Yuliana Shemedovitz, wrote to Wired that while the hackers permanently deleted some backup systems, others were merely encrypted and could be decrypted if the hackers provide the keys. 
Shemedovitz added that the ransomware the hackers used was specifically created but based on common practice in this field. Using reversible encryption rather than merely wiping targeted machines would represent a new solution in hacktivist tactics, says Brett Callow, a ransomware-focused researcher at security firm Emisoft. This is the first time I can recall non-state actors having deployed ransomware purely for political objectives, says Callow. I find this absolutely fascinating, and I'm surprised it didn't happen a long, long time ago. It's far more effective than waving placards outside a puppy-testing lab. Ransomware, and the destructive malware purporting to be ransomware, has certainly been used for political coercion in the past. North Korean hackers, for instance, planted destructive malware on machines across the network of Sony Pictures in 2014. Posing as hacktivists going by the name Guardians of Peace, they appear to have sent an email demanding payment prior to the attack, then pressured the company not to release the Kim Jong-un assassination comedy The Interview. In 2016 and 2017, the Russian hackers known as Sandworm, part of the country's GRU military intelligence agency, used fake ransomware as a means to destroy computers across Ukraine and ultimately hundreds of other networks around the world while posing as profit-seeking cybercriminals. Unidentified hackers appear to have targeted systems in Ukraine with the same tricks on a much smaller scale earlier this month. Even if the cyber-partisans' ransomware turns out to be a thin disguise for irreversibly destructive malware, as in those early cases, the incident still seems to represent a new phenomenon. The group appears to be actual bona fide hacktivists rather than state-sponsored hackers posing as such. At the risk of maybe eating crow in a few years, the cyber-partisans seem like a more authentic effort, says Juan Andres Guerrero Sade, a researcher at security firm Sentinel-1, who gave a talk at last year's CyberWarCon conference about the state of modern hacktivism. We've seen fake ransomware being used by fake hacktivism, but I don't think we've ever seen this tactic being used by real hacktivism in any way that I can recall. The cyberpartisans are genuine grassroots hacktivists, says Viachorka, the technical advisor to Belarus's opposition party. Since last summer, the group has rampaged through Belarusian state systems, breaching government and police databases and leaking their contents to show the inner workings of the government's crackdown on protesters and cover-up of COVID-19 infection rates. Viatorka points out the group is part of the Belarusian Suprachu, or Solidarity Movement, of political dissident activists calling for the overthrow of the dictatorial Lukashenko regime, and that Belarus designated that larger network as terrorists in November of last year. He adds that while he and Belarus's opposition party have no connection to the cyber-partisans, he fully supports their work. Cyberspace has become the domain of battle in our fight for freedom, Viotorka says. This is not only their revenge on the regime, but how we keep the regime accountable. The Lukashenko regime understands that everything they do, the decisions they make, the crimes they commit will be accounted. Whether the cyber-partisans' ransomware attack on Belarusian railways will be a tactical success remains far from clear. Security researchers like Guerrero Sade and Kahlo point out that hackers who create their own custom ransomware, as the cyber-partisans claim to have done in this case, often make mistakes that allow their targets to decrypt their systems. Even Viachorka argues that the ransomware is unlikely to affect Belarusian railways' movement of troops to the Ukrainian border. The problem of such actions is that they're very powerful, very disruptive, but they're one-time. And when you make such an attack, it's very difficult to repeat, Viachorka says. Specific policy impacts, though, may only have been part of the broader objective. It's too early to say if it was fully successful, writes Shemedovitz, the cyber-partisan spokesperson, 
The goals that CP set are hard to achieve, but it created a very serious pressure on the regime, disrupted the system and showed that the dictator is not in control. It's too early to say if Russia troops were affected, but we hope that it will indirectly make an impact on their movements. In the larger view of hacktivism and ransomware, however, Guerrero Sade argues that the cyber-partisans' tactics could soon bleed out to other groups who see the power of ransomware to achieve political coercion, for good or for ill, and raise the stakes of Belarus's own political conflicts. The looming horror of ransomware is precisely just how many systems are out there about whose criticality we don't understand until they're unavailable, Guerrero Sade says. So if this is a continued tactic of theirs, I think we'll definitely see a ratcheting up of the pressure on both sides. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more security news at wired.com security. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.